as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Jeremy Santoscoy is the director of our airport in McAllen, McAllen International Airport. Happy New Year, Jeremy. Appreciate your time today. So let's start with the big news. A lot of fanfare last week on that new connection that's coming up here very soon, McAllen to Mexico City. So tell me about that. Yes, sir. Good morning, Sergio. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, and Happy New Year to you, too. Um, so we're excited to bring in our newest partner, Little Mexico. And Little Mexico is looking to start service to Mexico City, the new airport in Mexico City, starting February 2nd is the first flight out of McAllen to Mexico City. So we're really excited about this connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, we had a, a regional carrier, Mar, that served McAllen for about 13 years with a Mexico City flight. Uh, didn't have the frequency that we're looking at with Cerro Mexico. Sure. But nonetheless, uh, we the region, McAllen, is back in Mexico City, and we're excited to have that flight back, not just for the business community, but for leisure as well. You know, there's a lot of culture and food and um, lots, of, lots, lots to see and experience in Absolutely, Mexico City. Yeah. So Mexico City. We so- are really... Really happy to have that flight back um, with a huge airline like Aeromexico. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So tell me uh, a couple of things. What changed in order for us to get that route again? And tell me about the frequency. Let's touch on that. How many days a week to Mexico to Mexico City and then back to McAllen? So if if you follow the, the uh, trends with FAA, the FAA did a downgrade to the... Uh, Mexican carriers uh, operating in the U.S. And so they downgraded to uh, Category 2. So for about almost two years, uh, it was downgraded to Category 2. So that means uh, Mexican airlines could not operate within the U.S. or open any new routes. It was a security downgrade, right? That's what it was? Yes, sir. So what happened was once that downgrade got lifted, you saw a lot of announcements happening all over the country. Um, and McAllen was one of those that was being eyed by Aeromexico. So that helped to, to launch the announcement. Uh, now, this was going to be a daily. So every day we'll have a daily departure wow. from McAllen to Mexico City. Early morning? It, it is an early morning. Uh, the good thing about that is for the business community, they can get in, uh, have meetings, and then make their way back. Um, the other advantage of that is you can make pretty good connections to popular places like Cancun or Guadalajara. Yeah. Jeremy Santoscoy is the director of aviation, McAllen International Airport. Uh, Jeremy, Tim Sullivan here, that security upgrades. So what prompted that change to allow, uh, this partnership to come about? Well, the FAA had, uh, through the international, um, program went through and, you know, uh, reviewed the protocols for the Mexican carriers. And this is all Mexican carriers, so Viva Robus and Volaris as well, um, to make sure that they were up to standard to operate within the United States. So after that uh, lifting of that uh, downgrade, you heard a lot of announcement all over the country with uh, those three airlines uh, announcing service to the United States. So, yeah, the security changes. Uh, I'm guessing they're there were some changes in terms of economic conditions too that uh, allowed you know mexico to well, want to come if, into mccallum if you recall i mean mccallum because of uh, south texas um you know the u.s has been um, traveling has been mexico has been very popular for the u.s uh, customers so they're uh, after the pandemic uh travel into mexico really increased uh and it increased 
So with that, the, the Mexican carriers looked for places in the U.S. that would uh, make sense to them. And one of them was McAllen because we were served for 13 years for so long with mm-hmm. Edomar. Wow. Uh, and Edomar went out of business, uh, so Edomexico had been eyeing our market. Where else does Edomexico fly into Texas? In Texas, I believe they fly into uh, Houston. Yeah, that sounds about right. So or, they, I've seen those. Yeah, there's different there. there's different areas around the country. I'm guessing Houston, local, Dallas, uh, Austin. I'm, I'm guessing Houston, Dallas. At least I would imagine. Uh, Houston and Dallas. Uh, they're they're a global uh, yeah. airline, so they fly all over the country, uh, all over North America, and yeah. uh, onward to Europe as well. Mm. The the daily flight, McAllen to Mexico City, that's a direct shot, right? Or is yes, that connect yes, to Houston or Dallas first? So not no, it's a non. It's a direct shot. Oh my goodness! So go do yes, leave early in the morning. Go do some business, like you said. Maybe uh, take the company plane, come back home by the end of the day. There you right? Go. What what time does it make it back uh, to McAllen in the evening? Do you remember? Is it like a late night it's flight? About, it's about 5.30. No, it's about okay. 5.30. So you got to take before, care of business real quick. <laughs> take the taxis mm-hmm. around. Hey, bookings. I know, what, February 1st is the first flight out of McAllen, right? Yes, sir. All right. Have you had a chance uh, to... February 2nd, actually. Okay. Have you had a chance to gauge uh, the load so far? How, how many seats have they been able to sell so far? Well, we we continue to work on that. Um, and so we've seen so increased as we have been... Uh, promoting the route a little bit more and, sure. and we do we're increasing working with the airline to see how we can work together to collaborate and, and normally uh, so. folks around here they got some business in mexico city they have to unfortunately they gotta go all the way to reynosa go fly so i would imagine the the price is competitive now mccallan versus reynosa sure um they are making it they are aware of that uh, that they will be competing with reynosa so we continue to look at those factors yeah you are coming off a record year for boardings in McAllen. If you want to share some of those numbers, top of mind. Yeah, um, another historic record-breaking year. Uh, so we had total activity was over 964,000 total passengers, uh, which is 10% uh, increase year over year. So four out of the last five years have been uh, an increase in total passengers, and, and we started in 19. Uh, which was a historic year, and then we broke it again in 21, in 22, and now again in 23. And so we're really proud of, of that. Uh, the region is growing, and we are, are growing as well. Um, it is, it is uh, nice to see people traveling and, and taking advantage of the offerings there at Joe International Airport. Jeremy Santoscoy is Director of Aviation here at McAllen International Airport. Now, you and I have touched on this before. Real quick, just top of mind. You see a 10% increase in boarding and butts in the seats uh, at our airport. There's an increase in travel at the McAllen Airport, 10%. How much of that, roughly, ballpark, uh, is the increase of the folks that cross the border illegally, processed out by Border Patrol, and eventually wind up at the airport to take a flight out there somewhere? How much is that? Shave 3%, shave 4% off of that, or... What would you say? Yeah, we, we've seen 3 to 5%. I mean, the parking lot is always full, so obviously, you know, a lot of it is not uh, uh, immigrant traffic, but yes, there is some. There is some across yeah. the valley, uh, in different parts of the United States. Uh, there continues to be immigrant traffic, so yeah, uh, we're, not, we're not alone. Uh, many airports do experience that. So the 10% um, growth, maybe more than half, is commercial, the rest is immigrant, or 75% is commercial, the rest is uh, illegal immigrant. What, what would you say? You know, it's, it's kind of hard to track, but we're looking at about 3 to 5%. Okay, so, so about 7%, anyway, 5 to 7% is either tourist or commercial increase at McCann. And, yeah, and, yeah, and as we see, we see business traffic trying to come back uh, post-pandemic, uh, we're still looking at, at growth in the, in the business traffic as well, which we have been historically uh, pretty heavy business Jer- traffic. Jeremy, do me a favor, um, give me inventory of the airlines that are servicing right now uh, name them real quick um uh, the the airlines that are servicing either permanently or seasonally american airlines united airlines allegiant we are bringing in aeromexico who's starting in february and then we'll be welcoming delta in april all right my friend best of luck in 2024 continued success thank you for joining us jeremy santos 
Director of McAllen International Airport. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710 KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Let's get a status report on that pretty new tower we see in McAllen on the campus of DHR Health. You notice it's that new Driscoll Children's Hospital that will be opening soon. So let's speak again with Matt Waltoff. He's president over that Driscoll Children's Hospital here for the Rio Grande Valley. Matt, welcome back to the program. Happy New Year to you. So countdown to opening. Where are you right now as far as opening up and operating there at the new Children's Hospital? Yeah, Happy New Year, and thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. We, we are really excited. We are, we are on a countdown. We are 96 days uh, from May 1st, which is our targeted opening day. And, uh, you know, we're, we're assembling a, a world-class team to, to take care of the children here in the Rio Grande Valley. And um, as you know, and we, I think we've talked about it on the program before, but we are, we're going to be the, the Valley's first and only designated children's hospital. And, and uh, you know, it's a freestanding, independently licensed facility, 119 licensed beds, uh, including a, the 63-bed NICU, uh, which lo- wow. is physically located within the DHR Women's Center. Uh, so if you drive by the campus, you'll see the, 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 the new sky bridge that connects the new bed tower to the DHR Women's Center. Um, and that's that, the reason why we do that is we, we have our NICU in that building. Um, but, uh, but again, we, we are really, really excited. Recruiting has been very, very successful. And um, if we, still, we do still have openings and are still doing recruiting events. Uh, but if, if anyone out there is looking to, to, you know, has a passion to take care of children and wants to come work for a great organization that, you know, is all about the kids, uh, they can check our, our job postings out at driscollcareers.org. How far along would you say you are when it comes to recruitment? 50%, 75% there? What, what would you say if you were able to yeah, peg we're, a number? We're, we're, we're kind of uh, getting, getting close to 75%. We're, okay. we're probably in the – in the high 60s at this point on the on the nursing clinical side we're actually in the mid to high 80 percent range so um so we've had a lot of success with with some just again world-class clinical folks and then the other thing that we're really focused on right now is recruiting pediatric specialists the the physicians and um, we're getting a lot of good traction there um you know and uh i'd be remiss not to to mention that um, you know, in, in early 23, we were blessed by the Valley Baptist Legacy Foundation with a gift of $17 million to help recruit pediatric specialists to the Valley. And that, that was the largest gift ever given to Riscoll Health System beyond its, you know, the, the estate that was left to create the original foundation. So, uh, so we're, we're putting those, those dollars to work and building depth in pediatric specialists across the valley and and uh, you know as, as most of your listeners are probably aware uh, we have clinics in brownsville harlingen and mccallan and we'll continue to operate those clinics and continue to again grow them and and expand those outpatient services to support the hospital matt waltoff is leading the charge he's president over at driscoll children's hospital based there in edinburgh mccallan on the campus of dhr health they're looking at a may 1st opening for that big, pretty new hospital for, for kids here in South Texas. I'm guessing many of these specialties, pediatric speci- specialties you're talking about, they don't grow on trees around here, so you're having to import a lot of folks from other markets, Houston, maybe even Corpus from your other big facility. But I'm guessing most all of those specialties will need to be new residents or people brought in from out of town. 
Yeah, there's there's a, a mix of both. So yes, yeah, we we are bringing a lot of new new specialists to to the area, uh, and then initially we will utilize uh, many of our specialists in Corpus Christi to help cover the hospital until we get that full time team on the ground. Um, but but we are there are also um, you know significant uh, numbers of pediatricians and pediatric subspecialists here in already here in the valley that uh, that will work, be working at the hospital as well and so uh, it is it is a mix and uh, and we you know we've got most of our hospital based uh, specialists so you know your hospital medicine folks will have will have 24/7 uh, pediatric hospitalists uh, pediatric intensivists you know our, our emergency folks uh, most of those in-house folks we, we we've all got secured and and ready to go so and many of those are, are folks that are here from the local area too. So, so it is. It's a combination of of, of you know utilizing the the, the great uh, talent and the the you know the, the the high quality physicians that we have here on the ground, and then and then bringing in new uh, subspecialists to help support them and 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 build depth. Well, the population valley wide, you know, about a million and a half. You combine all the counties, and we're growing exponentially. Just economic boom that's taking place here in South Texas and about to get a lot faster as far as growth here pretty soon. How would you describe the demand for children's medicine, children's hospitals? Because I was told one time, and this was some years ago, that over at DHR, uh, DHR Health, we've got like a, a new uh, number. When it comes to births, we have a new elementary school being birthed every single month. And that was just the DHR uh, system. So if you could describe the demand for these type of pediatric services right now. Yeah, no, and that's exactly right. I mean, I think the, 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 the number that is the average number of babies that are delivered there at the DHR Women's Center is, is 800 on a monthly basis. <laughs> um, and so you're right. So on a, month, a monthly basis, they're, they're literally, you know, delivering a, an elementary school um, and, and so that's why, it, you know, it's so important that we provide those neonatal ICU uh, services, uh, you know, and, and, and continue to grow them, right? I mean, they've, they've done a great, DHR's done a great job in the past with that NICU, and that neonatology team that is there now is, is, is going to be with, with Driscoll going forward. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, that we, we've got to continue to grow and meet the demands of, of our community and and it is it's like you said it's it's one of the fastest growing regions in the in the country and um we anticipate quite honestly that we will you know outgrow our 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 facility in a short amount of time and and continue to have to expand and grow and so uh we feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg Uh, and and in terms of, of pediatric services across the valley you know, we do feel like it's it's somewhat fragmented today, and we feel like, you know, really that 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 uh, we can we can help bring all of those subspecialists together on one team, and and really try to consolidate that and, and really provide a a world class, um, you know, level of care for for children across the Rio Grande Valley, and and we'll continue to expand services in Cameron County as well. You know, this is okay. a uh, a valley-wide initiative. We, you know, the hospital is being built in Edinburgh, but but we recognize that that you know we we uh, serve children across South Texas. As a matter of fact, Driscoll Health System serves you know, our our service areas really um, all of South Texas. It's you know with with the level four NICU, which is the highest level NICU um, that that the state can, uh, designates. Um, that the level four NICU in Corpus Christi at our at our our home base, um, that is the only level four NICU in all of South Texas for a 33,000 square mile, you know, service area. And so, um, so we you know, we we our mission has has always been to serve all of South Texas, and and this being the most you know, rapidly growing region, we're going to continue to expand services in the valley. Well, that's uh, another major notch when it comes to medical um, services in, in the area. You got DHR level one trauma, the helicopter service, and now the state of the art NICU there at Driscoll. Boy, you guys are definitely ready to take care of anything that comes down comes down the pike. Well, we wish you success 
especially on the recruitment side, I would hate to be working at the HR office right now. They're working overtime, making sure to fill all those spots. But (laughs) success to them. Matt, thanks for the update. And we'll touch base here in a few days once we get closer to ribbon cutting. Matt Waltoff, president of Driscoll Children's Hospital here in the Rio Grande Valley. Only News Talk Station, News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's look at the latest employment, unemployment numbers and trends. Dan Uribe, Business Relations Information Manager for Workforce Solutions. Okay, Dan, let's do a quick review of the most recent numbers for unemployment employment in the Rio Grande Valley. What do you see? Okay, thank you for having me, Sergio. So the Texas Workforce Commission released the latest numbers from December 2023. At the state level, we have great numbers. The Texas employment growth rate continued to outpace add, add the nation. We are almost at a full percentage point ahead with a 3.7% annual growth in terms of jobs and the nation is at 1.7%. That represents approximately um, a little bit more than 19,000 more jobs uh, during the month of December for the state. At the local level, we know that Hidalgo County has a a slight increase on the unemployment rate to 5.8%. Cameron County also increased slightly by 0.1% to set it at 4.8%. We have Stark County uh, at uh, 9.2%, and we'll see increase a little bit as well um, by 0.3% to set it at 6.1%. So these increases are uh, seasonal. Um, this is a, a, a part of the cycle of the economy. We don't notice any, any big changes or anything that is of concern. We know also that um, in terms of the employment sectors, um, um, education and healthcare, as well as government, which includes public education, had some decreases in terms of the employment numbers, and that is primarily due to the education component. We know that a lot of schools, private and public schools, um, released um, the majority of their teachers um, during the holiday season. So that's why it's um, um, you know showing here those decreases okay. um, for those industries. But overall, the economy is very healthy um, here in, in, in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, the jobs continue to, to, to grow. And, and in fact, we have uh, multiple hiring events and job first happening within the next uh, few days. Yep. That so, was going to uh, be my question. Uh, there is no lag in these numbers, unlike the sales numbers or maybe even construction numbers. Uh, when you say this is December 2023, this is real deal because you mentioned the holidays. This is what uh, was taking place as far as hiring and people leaving the workforce for the month of December for the Valley and for Texas, right? Correct. Yes, those are uh, what we call them seasonal fluctuations um, or changes. And and yes, that is just due to the season. We tend to see these towards the end of the the, the year, which um, which is normal. Um, we're expecting to see a slight pickup um, starting in, in February. Um, once we see the numbers reported from, from January and February, uh, we'll, we'll start seeing that um, going back to normal as well. Okay, let me lob it over to Tim. And let me ask you, Tim, I recall a time when you and I used to read reports on this where hiring increased during the holidays for brick and mortar, right? All these people yes. getting jobs for retail, things Things Correct. have changed, haven't they, right? Yeah. Dan Uribe joining us from Workforce Solutions. Yeah, Dan, Tim Sullivan here. Is how would you assess then throughout the year 2023, how would you assess the employment situation in the Valley? Did, despite the seasonal ups and downs, did the Valley end up gaining more jobs than what were lost over the year? Yes, uh, I think overall 
the number of jobs have increased for our region. We continue to to see that um, um, in terms of the employment numbers. Um, um, when it comes to the ethanol jobs um, for um, um, November, let's say November, October, November, and December, um, we have noticed um, that a lot of employers are starting to kind of spread that out. They start hiring even uh, from late summer, uh, and then they continue to hire through the last quarter of the year, and then they start releasing again, um, just you know, to to be ready for for the um, the seasonal jobs. Um, but overall, uh, here in the valley, we see a very healthy economy. In fact, I was just looking at um, the comparison of some of the the city numbers. For example, we have McAllen rate. It's right now um, reported um, for December at 3.8%. That is um, wow. the same one reported back in May at, in 2019. Hmm. Amazing. And um, October as well. So we can say that now we are back to pre-pandemic unemployment rate numbers. Okay. Uh, is a really good thing overall. We can see how since the pandemic, the the trend has been downward since then. And you know, of course, like you mentioned, we have ups and downs, which, which is part of the cyclical um, economy. But uh, we continue to see uh, good numbers in terms of the unemployment rates. Edinburgh is also the second lowest uh, here for the for the valley at 4.2 percent. We have Mission at 5.2. Um, Harlingen at 4.4 and Bronzeville at 5%. Okay. Well, what do you think? Uh, will we continue to see seasonal increases in unemployment locally, let's say, even when construction on the LNG plant at the Port mm. of Brownsville really ramps up, or, or if potential high-tech industry set up in McAllen? Right. Yes, definitely. Um, we can see that uh, the, the trend to continue to be positive in terms of jobs. Um, not only the LNG projects um, uh, happening in Cameron County, um, said here on team, um, but also uh, other companies that are looking at the valley, um, not only uh, nationwide, but also internationally to relocate or move operations to the region. We work very closely to with our economic development uh, partners uh, from all the cities uh, in the counties, and and we assist in the process of helping those companies relocate or open up operations here in the valley. Um, so we are aware of, of that uh, demand um, for for the workforce here in the valley. Um, those projects happening in Cameron County, they are also uh, uh, impacting over here all the way to to the McAllen metropolitan area. Um, the companies are. Uh, searching for talent all across the Rio Grande Valley. So that's a really good thing, uh, which is um, the reason why we also have um, so many hiring events scheduled for the few uh, next few days. We have um, uh, more than seven hiring events, pretty much happening one um, every day. Um, and one big job fair is coming up as well. We have the McAllen Public Library job fair. We're going to have more than 50 employers. Um, that one is scheduled to happen on Saturday. Um, January 27th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the McAllen Public Library on 23rd uh, in McAllen. And we are expecting more than 50 employers there. And some of them are actually um, the companies working the LNG project in Cameron County. Yeah, no surprise when we got the city manager and the port director telling us, Oh, yeah, we need to fill, like, 4,000 positions between now and the end of the year. They almost have 1,000 filled already. They need 4,000 more by the end of this year, and they're just getting started. Yeah, that's crazy. Dan Udibe, he's uh, with Business Relations Information over at Workforce Solutions. Again, that covers uh, Hidalgo and Willisee and Star County. Cameron County has its own data set, but we're all one market, and he's still looking at that. we got companies at the Port of Brownsville coming to McAllen at several job fairs in Hidalgo County trying to hire people to fill those positions. And it begs That's a question. Sign. Right? That's wonderful. Begs a question, Dan. These positions, brother, that literally will come to us by the thousands of open positions that need to be filled, do they somehow work into the 
overall unemployment number? I mean, how, how do you gauge something like that, and how does it work into the, the data set that you provide or the state provides on a regular basis? Right. Those start trickling in into the databases as um, the, the employers um, begin the reporting of uh, wages and, um, and taxes as well. So uh, the databases do a consolidation on, um, you know, those individuals that have been hired. And uh, as well, we are tracking the job postings that, um, you know, the employers are making available, whether it's on their own websites or on um, job matching systems, such as, for example, Working Texas, which is the statewide system. It's free for job seekers and free for employers. Uh, I, I strongly recommend um, uh, individuals that are looking for jobs to, to create their profile there and employers who need also to hire individuals uh, yeah. to do so as well. Absolutely, yes. Dan, thanks. To, thank to, you for the update. Thank you, Dan. With Workforce Solutions is Dan Uribe. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's head over to our McAllen Police Station, our big station. Victor Rodriguez is our police chief. Happy New Year, Chief. Thank you for joining us today. So, so let's take a look at those annual numbers, the some of the crime statistics for the area and most recent reports. Tell me the, the source of the information, then tell me what you see. The report that we put out annually um, is, is McAllen data. That is the information that we report to both DPS and FBI. Uh, we, we, we do monthly reporting to them. Uh, so the annual report that we uh, put out and we put out here last week is a composite of that. And uh, in, in this most, uh, the last couple of years, we've gone to what they call the NIBRS format, which is an incident-based reporting system as opposed to uh, the, the former uh, reporting um, process was a system of reporting of only seven specific crimes. Now we report on 52 different types of incidences that include criminal behavior. So uh, in that NIBRS format, now we're in our third year uh, of reporting in our NIBRS format. Um, the 23 data uh, was down 2.2%. Uh, that is net numbers. And then when we factor in, and this is what we refer to as the crime rate, uh, because we are a growing community and we are um, at this point, based on the 2020 uh, 20 census growth rate, we are growing at approximately at a 1.2% annual rate. So the crime rate estimate is is a negative 3.4. So the numbers good. are, so, so yeah, so the crime rate is a little bit bigger because we're growing. If uh, if the numbers were stale, we'd be, the, the net number and the crime rate would be the same. If we were a decreasing community, obviously the crime rate would be even uh, a smaller number. But, but uh, at this point in time, um, Net numbers for 2023 were down 2.2%, and from a crime rate standpoint, we're down a 3.4%. That's pretty good. Well, we keep fattening, keep growing, but the crime rate uh, moving yes, in the sir. opposite direction. Yeah. Victor Rodriguez is our police chief for McAllen. Yeah, Chief Tim Sullivan here. Just yes, sir. You know, overall, in general, bottom line, violent crime in 2023 up or down. Property crimes 2023 up or down. So uh, violent crime is down 2.2%. Property crime was down 2.4%. Uh, now, um, I'll make a couple of comments on this. Yeah. Uh, number one, from a standpoint of violent crime, um, we, and I, I, we don't have the 2023 data for the other cities that we compare ourselves with, but we track data for what we call the five largest cities in Texas and the four largest border cities 
in Texas as well. That is what we, I, that is here at my office. We, we look on a constant basis to kind of check ourselves against that. Yeah. In, in, that in, in that body, in that universe of comparison, um, McAllen has the lowest crime volume and crime rate uh, in in the state of Texas. So, so uh, again, I'm talking now, and has been, by the way, that has been the, the track record now for uh, quite a number of years. Um, and we, when we look at ourselves com- and compare ourselves to Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, the big cities, and then uh, compare those big cities to uh, the border communities, just be- because of the the the, the constant uh, pressure to understand what the, where the border is, and and yes. And, in the discussion point today, as opposed to the other ones, so we look at that data, and we're 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 really really proud to uh, to say that in Texas we are and and when we look at those when we compare ourselves to to that to that universe, we have the lowest incidence of violence in our in our in our state. Now, the other commentary I'll make is is clearly we're watching uh, crime incidents in this country. Uh, we're watching crime incidents in Texas, and we're horrified at, at some of the things that are going on in other parts of the country. Uh, so we, you know, you know, every day, and we'll, you know, I'm getting ready to go into a, a staff briefing here in a few minutes. Uh, but every day we look at our stuff and we say, you know, how fortunate we are to have a community like McAllen, South Texas, that we uh, that we uh, uh, appreciate law enforcement and that we appreciate, uh, uh, you know, uh, compliance with the law. So. Uh, we're watching that on a constant basis. We are nervous about what goes on in the rest of the country and hope and pray that it never spills down this way. But it is something we keep an, uh, an eye on. Well, to what do you attribute the decline in crime to? What, 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 to what do you give the credit? Well, you know, I will say this. Um, and and there, there's a body of three or four things that I constantly uh, am reminded are the reason why this happens. Number one is we have a very good community in McAllen. Our community here in McAllen is a smart community. It's a community of, of folks that takes, they take care of themselves, they take care of their property, and that makes a very, very big difference. We have a good, uh, we have good fiscal and political leadership in McAllen. Um, that uh, we we don't, I mean, we get what we need to do the job here in McAllen, and that's because of our fiscal posture, and that's because of our politics in McAllen. Our, our commission always places its highest priority on public safety. Number three, we have we have uh, I think we have the best policemen and women working in this business in this part of the state. You know, as, as hard as it is to uh, to keep filling positions, uh, we we hire we what we think is the very very best, and they and their and their work I think shows that. Uh, and then lastly, I'll say this: um, we've been very fortunate to uh, add a you know more recently in the more recent years we talk about the. Texas Anti-Gang Center, the Texas Intelligence Center. Well, those operations are now fully operational. We've got between 15 and 18 agencies working out of one particular location. Mm-hmm. That coalescing of law enforcement agencies is a real, real big plus for all of us. It adds efficiency to the work that we do, and when we're efficient, we can do more work sooner, and when we are doing more work sooner, we're able to interfere and and reduce uh, and address crime and criminals faster. Now, a second part of that is this, that that particular center, the tax center, and all the law enforcement agencies in Lalo County that we work with, with the sheriff's department, we work with other agencies here from, from, from Mission to Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've added a lot of technology to that operation. And I, I want to say this to you, is, is, you know, that piece of it, just the technology piece of it, really, really enhances the, the capacity that we have to do the work that we need to do, um, and it's making a difference. So I think all these things combined are the reasons why uh, we're able to uh, keep and maintain um, crime, uh, crime levels where it's at, and in, in this particular case, um, reduce it somewhat. Victor Rodriguez is our chief of police for McAllen. We're looking at pretty good specific st- statistics that are specific to McAllen within the city limit. Crime rate overall going down, population still going north, the, the numbers moving in a good direction. And as you heard, the chief said he will compare us to Houston, Dallas, Metro, San Antonio, but, but also to border communities. Now, who are the contemporaries that you look at on the border? I, I'm thinking Brownsville, El Paso, we look at El Brownsville. Paso, yeah. yes, Laredo. We look at Brownsville, Laredo, El Paso, and McAllen. Okay. Okay. So those are the four largest uh, border communities that we, that I, we, we track data 
on an annual basis uh, in order to find out where we're at in that universe. Uh, and then we compare those border communities to Texas's largest cities, uh, which includes Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, and um, it's an amazing uh, it's an, it's it's amazing uh, what what that data comparison is because lots of folks have um, um, you know just just out of general conversation you know we 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 always refer to the border and the border and the border and stuff and when you look at uh, yeah. when you look when you when you look at the, when you review data that way. Um, you really get a sense of how well we're doing, how good we have it, and at the same time, uh, what the crisis points in those cities are. Uh, the numbers are staggering. Yes, sir. And, and and again, specific to what is the border of McAllen within the city limit, but, man, we're overflowing, overrunning into each other. And I'm wondering if maybe uh, an overall look to the metro area, which was, in reality, Edinburgh Mission Far and us, and then uh, every now and then they get the text message or email say, well, what about Western Hidalgo County? They're not counting that. Well, no, they, again, these are McAllen-centric, McAllen-specific numbers. Yes. But the way we're growing, yes, yes. It's, it's good to look at Hidalgo County as well. Right. And we do. We do. And I, and I think that the trending that I speak of here, again, generally across the board uh, for South Texas, I think it holds. Clearly, there's some pockets here and there. I mean, uh, depending on your on your tracking of data, on your number and your data analysis and all that kind of stuff. But I, I would suggest to you that the the trending that I speak of here has held for Hidalgo County. We yeah. we, we we work really well there, and uh, and for South Texas, I I, I think uh, generally speaking, that trend yeah, we are blessed. Uh, is probably Absol- reflective across. Absolutely, we're we're blessed yes, compared to many many areas in Texas. Absolutely. Thank you, Chief Victor Rodriguez, Chief of McAllen. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Ladies and gentlemen, all rise for the national anthem of Texas. It's a special treat. We appreciate the Chancellor of Texas A&M, John Sharp, checking in here at News Talk 710-KURV. Well, our local campus, Texas A&M, in the news, we're moving dirt, breaking ground, expanding nursing opportunities out there. Let's start there, Chancellor. At one of the, you know, we started the McAllen Center almost 10 years ago, something like that, and have had great response. I mean, one of the things about the McAllen Center that makes it unique is it's very different from any regional university in the state. You don't get a degree from Texas A&M McAllen Center. You get a degree from Texas A&M University, period. And so the students that enroll in McAllen Center uh, get to stay at home. Uh, They get to, uh, you know, save money, be locally, maybe even stay, uh, stay with their parents or whatever. Uh, but the degree that they get is from Texas A&M. It is no different than the degree of those students that uh, that went to College Station. And McAllen is uh, is one of the only places in the in the country that allows that. And so that's that's one of the reasons it's doing so well. What we did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I have a case of the flu or something. <laughs> but anyway, what we did yesterday was was uh, cut the ribbon for a new nursing center that's going to open there as we expand things. We expanded to construction science not too long ago, which is a hugely popular major 
and now the health sciences and nursing will be a big part of what the McAllen Center is about. So we're pretty excited about that. 61,000 square foot facility. And do you have more acreage, more room to expand and keep growing that campus here in McAllen? Oh, oh yes. We, we've made sure that we have, we have a, a lot of land around there that we can, we can expand. Uh, and, and it'll be, uh, It'll be a, a, a very uh, large uh, urban campus before it's over with, uh, right in the heart of where the growth is, by the way. I mean, all that is growing north up there. And so it's a, it's a unique opportunity for a student to be able to, uh, to, be able to uh, stay there in, in Hidalgo County and get a degree from Texas A&M where the same Aggie ring that everybody else Wears uh, get the same football tickets that anybody else gets. <laughs> the, you know the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need a. That's quite the drive, but hey, it's good to have the the tickets. Texas A and M Chancellor John Sharp joining us. Do you recall how many students we would be able to graduate on a regular basis from the the School of Nursing yeah. from Texas A and M? No, I don't. I, I don't have the. I, I don't have the numbers of of those. I, I wish I did. As I. As I said, I wasn't able to come yesterday because of um, I've been ill for about three days or something like that, and I didn't get Check those the notes right. in front of me. But, but I would like, you know, th- this is just the latest thing that we've done down there. I mean, the creation of the McAllen Center was important, but we've also got engineering academies uh, now with South Texas College where someone can go in and uh, take the first two years of of uh, engineering, we we send professors, engineering professors, to uh, Hidalgo County to teach it, and then they get their basic courses from uh, from South Texas College, and then their junior year start uh, transfer seamlessly to Texas A and M. Uh, we also have uh, workforce development uh, programs that exist. Uh, in both Brownsville and McAllen, mm-hmm. uh, ever since Mike Hernandez uh, from Brownsville got on the board of Regents, he's done a, you know, really, really big, huge supporter of bringing Texas A&M uh, enterprises to the Rio Grande Valley. And of course, Chewy Hinojosa has been, you know, a longtime champion, and we worked together. It's we're very proud of of what has happened over the last. Uh, 10 years or so to enhance A&M presence in the Rio Grande Valley to the benefit of the of the students and the and the taxpayers of the of the valley. Texas A&M Chancellor John Sharp joining us. I found the notes from from the media office. The School of Nursing uh, first focus offering traditional Bachelor of Science in Nursing two year five semester program approval from the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board. And it looks like 50 students per semester is what we're looking at at Texas A&M. But you mentioned workforce training. Look, at the Board of Brownsville, they keep telling us that they need to hire an additional 4,000 people between now and the end of this year because of liquefied natural gas, LNG, a massive multi-billion dollar expansion and investment at the board. Can you expand a bit on, on this program, this workforce training program, very specific in Cameron County, and I suspect that here in the McAllen area, they will need to complement that as well to try to fill a lot of those spots. Right. Well, over the a couple of years ago, uh, uh, Mike Hernandez, Chewy uh, Hinojosa, uh, and the A&M system were able to work in the legislature with the support of the governor, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, and the speaker uh, to get uh, money to train uh in, in advanced manufacturing, about 10,000 people in the Rio Grande Valley. So we we have met met that goal. What is on going to be on the Board of Regents agenda uh, coming up in February is the construction of a uh, brand new workforce development uh, facility uh, down in Brownsville to meet that need that you're talking about. And wow. So. Uh, there we were working with uh, 
local community colleges. We're working with TSTC. We're working with uh, Texas A&M uh, uh, Teaks, which is our, our training facility. And so we have every intention to meet those needs uh, that the port and everybody else requires down there to make sure. And that's one of the things when, when, when Mike Hernandez came on the board, one of the things that he, he committed to was to, just to make sure that we meet those workforce training needs uh, for the Rio Grande Valley. Not Informed. just in Brownsville, but also yes, sir. in McAllen. Yeah, the entire region. Yeah, the, yeah, Margie yeah. is one. Uh, Texas A&M Chancellor John Sharp. Just want to get your final thoughts, sir. And the amazing growth, and I know you have a special place in your heart for the Rio Grande Valley. I'm sure it warms your heart to see that the economic opportunities that we enjoy right now that we see on the horizon. You know, we talked about LNG, workforce training for that, the Port of Brownsville growing, expanding uh, exponentially. SpaceX, where Elon Musk is here, promising at least a million square feet of new a production space, building rockets and second launch pad. We got marine sciences that have so much potential, steel operations at the port. Just want to get your final quick thought on how quickly Texas A&M might be able to meet the need with maybe new new engineering programs or expanding engineering program opportunities here in South Texas. You bet. And, and considering SpaceX, for instance, we have uh, we 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 have uh, change programs. Uh, with with them with regard to uh, engineering students that are that are down there that they're doing internships and and things like that. But if you look at at uh, you go back ten years ago and look at okay what what was A and M's presence? We had presence in the Rio Grande Valley, obviously for you know a hundred years. We've had uh, agriculture and and you know the Westaco Research Center and so many things like that down there. But taking that from from that agriculture base to where we are now is just exponential growth, and we're 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 going to do it. We think the Rio Grande Valley is a very 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 special place for Texas economically and otherwise, and and we're very proud of the of the, All right. of the growth and the and what we're doing to meet the needs. Yes, sir. We're keep growing. When we see another need, we're going to meet that. Time. All right. Well, truly appreciate your time, John. Thank you, as always. And like uh, I'd say, menudo and plenty of chile pequin. That should clear it up, whatever it is that you're taking care of right now, right? right. <laughs> be safe. Be Thanks, well. Sir, I'll do that. Yes, sir. Texas A&M Chancellor, John Sharp. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.